And if you know that the grace of the Lord is upon your life, and you know that wherever you are this morning, and wherever you will ever be is going to be by the grace of God, lift up your hand, wave it to the Lord, and shout hallelujah. If you know that the change that is taking place in this house of the Lord today is for you and your family, give the Lord a turn around, hallelujah. No, five is the number of grace. Hallelujah. And look at them. Hold them by their hand. Number one, say it is only by the grace of God. When I say everybody, just look for five people. The second person, say it is only by the grace of God. The third person, say it is only by the grace of God. The first person, say it's only by the grace of God. Hold one more person. Please. I want you to hold one more person. And look the person into the eyes straight up. And tell the person, today my change has come. You will soon hear my testimony. Look for another person. Say, today my change has come. My chapter has changed. You will soon hear my testimony. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I bless God this morning. What to ask some time or just the prayer that went on this morning, I thank God for it. Let me tell you, prayer time is a gift and a privilege. Hallelujah. The veil was torn. Me and you cannot walk boldly into the throne of God and obtain mercy. Hallelujah. Do you know how many gods you would have brought to the house of the Lord this morning? If not because of the grace of God. Do you know how many gods you will bring? This place would have been filled with animals. But there's one perfect lamb of God that came. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Sometimes we have to see it to see it. <laughs> if you don't see it, you will never see it. You have to see it in the spiritual. Because before you can see it in the physical. Whatever you see in the physical... If it's too late, because it has already taken place in the spirit realm. Because of the change of God that has come into the house today, each and every one of us will begin to operate from the spirit realm. If you believe that, let me hear a louder hallelujah. Glory be to God. I want to thank my father this morning. Where is he? He stepped out. Hallelujah. Hey, hallelujah. Daddy, I want to thank you this morning. You are mommy. I have worked with a lot of men and women of God closely. For those of you who came from Nigeria, Pastor, are you a researcher for the man in worry? 
You all know him? He was the one that led me to the Lord. For those of you who live in Benin City, hallelujah, I see somebody smiling there. For those of you who live in Benin City, Felix Omobody of the New Covenant Gospel Church, he was the one that baptized me and gave me the name Mary. I went to Boston, Massachusetts. That's where I'm from. I have worked with a lot of men and women of God. But there is one thing that I've experienced in this man of God. His spirit of humility. When I first came, yeah, you can go ahead and just glorify God. When I first came to this church, every day I asked myself, Father, why did you bring me here? Why did you bring me here? But every day as I go by in this ministry, God began to unveil the reason, open up the reason why he has brought me here. I needed to learn humility. And daddy, you have been a good teacher. May you live long for us in the mighty name of Jesus. We appreciate you today. I stand with my brothers and sisters and we say we appreciate you. Thank you, daddy. Thank you, daddy. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm not going to take your time today. Hallelujah. The change has come. We have to just go and leave it. And let it manifest in our lives. Everlasting Father, we want to thank you this morning. The greatest thanks goes to you. We thank you for your love upon our lives. We thank you for your faithfulness. Your faithfulness that is from generation to generation. We thank you for your mercies that is new this morning. The mercy of yesterday was good. But the mercy of this morning is even better. Father, we thank you. Father, Lord, your word declares that the entrance of your word brings light. And Father, we pray this morning that as we enter into your word, let your word bring light to every dark areas in our lives. Father, Lord, as the word of life and hope comes out of my mouth this morning, Father, let your people be delivered. Let deliverance manifest in our lives and let the healing manifest in our lives. Father, do us good this morning. Give us a testimony for your name's sake. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. If you believe that you know me in this house, let me hear a louder amen. amen. Today, the Lord will have me speak to us about a topic. As we went to prayer this morning, and as Pastor Larry was leading prayer, that is when I know that I know that I know. I know before, but every day God convinces us. Because God is so big that even before we go to our grave, we will not know everything about him. As Pastor Larry was praying this morning, he just threw some light to what the Lord has put in my spirit. And I started to laugh. I said, this God, you're a big God. Today, the Lord will have me speak to us about a topic that is titled, Divine Help. Can somebody help me say, say, Divine Help. You know, when we talk about divine help, I'm not talking about the takan that the man will give to you. Because when you depend on that kind of help, 
you will be stranded in life. When you depend on man to help you, you will be frustrated in life. When you depend on a man to help you, you will be stagnant in life. Because you know why? He will not allow you to move ahead of him. Am I speaking to somebody this morning? So this morning, we are going to be looking at divine help and how to appropriate this help that cometh from your father. Hallelujah. We are going to read two scriptures. And this one I'm going to read for you. I love it so much. Because it reminds me that Christianity is not just a religion, my sisters and my brothers. It is a way of life. It's a relationship. So my relationship with my father, I cannot say it's the same as you. I'm sorry. But you yourself, you have your own personal relationship with him. But one thing I know about God, he's faithful. He's a God of no favoritism. Hallelujah. I want you to quickly take your Bible to the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse number 25. Luke, chapter 4, verse number 25. If somebody can just help me. Luke, chapter number 4, verse number 25. Hallelujah. If it's not coming up, I'm just going to quickly, okay. I want you to look at a real God. He said, but I tell you the truth. This one said, but I tell you truly. Many widows, I love these scriptures. I want you to open up your spiritual eyes. He said, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah. When the heaven was shut up to three years and six months. And there was a great famine throughout the land. Keep going. He said, but to none of them, Elijah was sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sodom to a woman who was a widow. My prayer for you this morning as always is that as many that are calling upon the name of the Lord this morning, Jehovah God will not pass you by. I said, Jehovah God will not pass you by. In the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to keep going. Keep going. Go to the next chapter. Quick. And many lepers were in Israel in the day, in the time of Elisha, the prophet. And none of them was cleansed except the Syrian. May this scripture, he's not going to read it. May this scripture be real in your life in the name of Jesus. I want you to hold on to that scripture and quickly go to the book of Sam. Psalm number 24. Psalm number 24. Go to Psalm number 124. Psalm 124. Psalm 124. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 124. We're going to read a whole. Psalm 124. Real quick. God bless you. Look at this. I want you to look at this. It's not man, it's not woman. Look at this scripture. He said, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, he said, let Israel say now, keep going. If it has not been the Lord on our side, it had not been the Lord who was on our side, 
when men rose up against us, hallelujah, then they would have swallowed us alive. You can see why your hope and your trust and your confidence can never be in a man. When their wrath was kindled against us, then they would have, then the waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone over our soul. Keep going. Then the swollen waters would have gone over our soul. Keep going. Blessed be the Lord who has not, forgi- who has not given us over as prey to their teeth. Keep going. Our soul has escaped as a bird. Come on, somebody shout a louder hallelujah right there. There's something I want to tell you this morning. If your amen and your hallelujah is the loudest, your testimony will be the greatest. Hallelujah. He said, our soul has escaped as a bird. Hallelujah. From the snare of the fowler, the snare is broken. And we have escaped. Hallelujah. The last one. He said, our help. Somebody said, my help. Say like you mean it. Say my help. My help help is in the name of the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. As we read those scriptures, my sisters and my brothers, there are two things I want us to settle first as we build this message. Two things. Number one, if there is anything the kingdom of God needs at this time, hear what is happening in churches. If there is anything we need, is the help of God. The help of God. The world that don't need God, they need Christ. But you and I, because of the things, we know there are some things going on in our life. If God does not help us. Now, wahala. Now, trouble. Because men have failed. They try. They are men. They are limited. They have tried. But they have failed. There are some of us in this place. If God does not help us, that is why the God of Elijah, after today, will rise up in your life in the name of Jesus. Number one thing that I want you to know is that in the body of Christ and in the kingdom of God, there is no neutrality, there is no neutral ground. As I'm speaking to you right now, some of us are on one side. Some of us are on the other side. I know we are looking so cute this morning. We are looking so beautiful. But God, because the veil has been torn, light will shine into that areas. That we will not just be going, walking with a broken spirit and a cute body. But God wants to give us a cute spirit and a cute body. In this generation that we are in now. In this era of grace. There is no neutrality in the kingdom of God. There is no neutrality here on earth. It is either you are experiencing a divine help. Or you are facing a demonic opposition. But I pray this morning that your story will change in the name of Jesus. Number two thing that I want you to know this morning is that God in his infinite mercy has not created anyone that can exist without his help. 
I don't care the kind of house that you have. I don't care the car that you drive. I don't care your connection. I don't care your possession. Because those things will fail. Those things can fail. There is a woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says this woman has money, but her money failed. Because her money was able to get her the best doctor, but her money was not able to cure her. Until she came in contact with Jesus. In the life of everyone here this morning, I want you to hear this. There are some certain things that will happen in your life that it will not happen unless God make it happen. If God does not make it happen, it will not happen. Hard work is very good. I am in favor of hard work. But there are some things, there are some favor that God will release into your life that your hard work cannot give to you. Am I speaking to somebody? Show me the person that got a lot of possession with hard work. And let me show you the person that God showed favor to. Somebody say, oh Lord, I need your divine health. I need your divine help in every areas of my life. Let it manifest in the name of Jesus. There is the reason why we cannot depend. There is a reason why we cannot depend on the things that we have. If you depend on your house today, or you depend on your ability today, and if that is sufficient, then there is no need for God. God has created us in such a way that every hour, every minute, every day, every second, there is something in you that will desire him in your life. Jesus speaking, he said, without me, you can do nothing. In other words, we can, without him, you cannot do anything. I don't know the other way to put it. You can do nothing. That is why you cannot put your hope and your trust in your education. Education is very good, professor. Education is good. But there is something that God, the help of God, can release into your life. It's called favor and revelation. Two people can have the same degree. One of them can have the favor and the revelation of God. It stands you out. Am I speaking to somebody? That is why in your life every day you have to appropriate that help. It has been released. But we have to learn now to appropriate it. Am I speaking to somebody in the house of the Lord today? The book of Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says, It said, trust the Lord with all of your heart. Sometimes we say we trust God. But the key word is, all of your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. It's not in all that you do. The key word there also is what? All. Because we have a tendency of seeking God for help where there is a problem, but we want to get control in the areas where there is no problem. God is not a toy 
It's not something that you can can't just put in a box. When you need him, hey, 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 where is that thing? I bring it up. And so I say, Father, I love you. Father, you are great. Father, you are. But when everything is over, we lock him up. God has created a void in your life that only him can feel. And he feels it daily. If his feeling or his blessings or his anointing that he has given to you for yesterday is enough, then you don't need him today. But he has created that void that every day only him can feel. Am I speaking to somebody this morning? In Matthew chapter 5, verse number 3, the Bible says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be what? And he also went to, so actually, no, he's blessed are those who are poor in spirit. That is what I'm looking for. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of God. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? It means that without God, you realize your need for God every day. Without God, you can do nothing. Somebody help me say, absolutely nothing. We are in an era right now, the season of grace, where God will make things happen in your life. This is not the season of hard work. Hard work is good. Can you just give me Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11? As Pastor Larry said, we have to understand, and Pastor Bank said, we have to understand that the season that we're in now, seasons come and go. When your season comes, you don't know how to grab into it, you miss. He said that return, please give me the New Living Translation. He said, I have observed something else under the sun. He said, the fastest runner doesn't always win the race. And the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. He said, the wise sometimes go hungry. The wise sometimes go hungry. And the skillful are not necessarily worthy. And those who are educated don't always lead a successful life. It is decided by chance, by being in the right place at the right time. What is going to, come on, somebody shout hallelujah. You are free to worship God this morning. The only person that can place you at the right place at the right time is God Almighty, his help. Other people will go, door is closed. But when you come, the doors are open. That is what makes the difference. People will be crying and complaining. They will think you are crazy because you are experiencing the divine help of God. Your story is different. That is what God wants to release upon our life in this season of grace. Is divine help. I'm going to quickly look at five things that will happen to your life when you are experiencing it. And when that begins to happen, because in the body of Christ, I know there's been a lot of talk going on, but I want to assure you that in this season of grace will be the season of manifestation where it will not be all talk but it will be all showing to the glory of God. When as we line up testimonies will be going on. In this ministry daddy you're going to give us one day one Sunday when we'll line up and give testimonies. Do you know how it's going to increase? 
if one person comes and testifies. Our God is the God that likes to show up and show off. He likes to show up and show off. So when one person comes out and testifies, ah, God says, if I do for three other people, the three will come out all oh, to the glory of his name. Hallelujah. So this is the season, that, that, the season of manifestation. So I want to give you five things. When you are operating under God's divine help, what you should be looking out for. Take your eyes off of man and fix your eyes on God. Hallelujah. The help is there, but we are looking at the wrong places. <laughs> Number one thing, when you are experiencing the help of God in your life, every satanic stronghold will be broken out of your life. Every satanic delays. You see, the issue in the life of a believer is not the issue of praying, no. It's not the issue of praying. How many of us here is believing God for one thing or the other? How many of us really have prayed for that thing? How many of us is expecting it? Glory be to God. It's not the issue of praying. It's the issue of seeing the answers to your prayers. Because of that, some people are frustrated and they have lost their faith. But in this season of grace, things are turning around for your good. I said things are turning around for your good. I said things are turning around for your good. If you believe that, wave your hand and shout hallelujah. Things are turning around for your good. When you, have you heard about the story of Daniel? In the book of Daniel chapter 10? When he prayed... The moment he prayed, God is not dead. Help was released. But when help was released, the angel that was bringing the help was delayed. But Daniel persisted in prayer. That's why I'm going to encourage you. Those of you that have been praying, pray again. If you have been fasting, fast again. Whatever you do, keep on doing it. You are doing the right thing. Help is on the way. I said help is on the way. Daniel persisted and the Bible says that God has to send help. Sent angel Michael to help that angel. And the answer was released. God will send somebody that will help you and release the answers to every prayers that you have been praying for in the name of Jesus. When God is helping you, life is easy. The reason that we ask some people, how is life? Nah, life hard though. It hard. We they manage in other words, life is tough. Life is difficult. You know, we're getting by. Jesus is not there on the cross for you to just get by. He said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That is why he came. He's going by. This is not the time for go by. When you allow God to help you, that means you're stepping out and sitting down. That is what daddy has taught us. That is rest. Trust it completely on God's help to be enough. Sometimes I hear about God's assistant. I don't always like to use that word. Assistant, it means you are doing the work. God has just come to what? Assist you. But God is powerful enough to do all things. Hallelujah. In this era of grace, your life will be easy. 
Open up your mouth and declare that. Let the kingdom of heaven and hell hear it. Say, in this life of grace, in this era of grace, in this era of grace, my life is going to be easy because my trust is in the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Number two thing that you will experience as the help of God locates you in this season of grace is that every constant failure will become success. That failure at the edge of success, say, hey, I almost, I almost, that will not be your portion. In the name of Jesus. When you experience the help of God, every failure will become success. Because in the God that has served, there is no failure. There is no failure in God. There is no. There's one thing I have held onto in life as I journey in, in this uh, journey called life is that God is faithful and that in him there is no failure. So it does not matter what I see today. I have learned how to know that all these things that I'm saying we work together for my own good because I love him and because I am called according to his purpose. I have learned that over and over again. And guess what? God always comes true. The reason we, are, we experience disappointment is because honestly, in every area in your business, in your, whenever you experience failure and disappointment, trace yourself back. Who was your trust in? Trace it back. I can tell you, your trust, the reason you experienced that failure and that disappointment was because your trust was in a man. Trace it back. It's because it wasn't a man. As I look at the definition of disappointment, someone once told me when we were growing up back home, I don't know if anybody have heard that they tell you disappointment. Every disappointment is what? Hey, don't declare that over your life. Oh. Hey, every disappointment is not a blessing. Disappointment means you just miss your divine appointment. How is that a blessing? How is that a blessing? Disappointment, as I look at the dictionary, me, I don't look at, I don't look at the big, big words. I'm just going to break it down to you the way I understand it. Hallelujah. He said, when somebody is sad, when somebody is displaced, because the expectation that he was expecting from somebody or someone did not come true. Did not come true. And as a result of that, you will be disappointed. I pray for somebody here today. In the name that is above all names. In that elevation that has taken place in this house. We are all moving forward in the name of Jesus. Disappointment will be far away from us. Failure will be far away from us. Every areas where we have experienced disappointment, there shall be a divine appointment in the name of Jesus. We put our hope in man and our trust in man. I remember about seven, eight years ago, we started a prayer ministry. Let me tell you why you cannot. I don't care how that person is cute, how he look able. Love that person, but don't put your trust in that person. We started the prayer ministry, just the three of us. In the ministry, the Lord will lead me to 
uh, uh, will help me to lead and give the world. And this sister gifted. This woman can look at you and tell you where you're coming from and tell you what's going to happen. It was a gift from the Lord. And because of that, a ministry of four women before six months, we were about 30, 40 women. One Wednesday. And to be honest with you, my faith now and my trust now shifted from God to that woman. We got to be very careful because sometimes we don't know. Things are happening. We change our faith and our trust from God and we put it onto a man. We don't know when it happened. My faith was not in this woman. So prayer meeting like this, when she comes in, I'm like, oh yeah, today prayer is going to be powerful. One Wednesday, this woman did not show up. Uh-uh. What happened? Throughout the administration, I was looking at the door. Maybe she will soon come. She's running late. She did not show up. Hey, God so faithful. We passed through that Wednesday. On Friday again, she did not come. Guess what is happening to me now? I'm not disappointed. I'm not experiencing failure. I'm not stressed out. The reason you stressed out, take yourself very well. Where is your faith? Where is your trust? Yeah, go ahead. Give God praise. On Friday, I went there for her prayer meeting. She didn't show up. Then on Saturday, I managed to take four women. We went there. We went to her business place. And we saw her. Ah, sister, what happened? We didn't see you in prayer on Wednesday and Friday. Oh, why did you come? You didn't even, take, you didn't even ask for appointment to come and see me. I said, eh, appointment? Ah. I said, I was just, you know, care. I was, you know, concerned about you. And I just wanted to find out why you didn't show up. She said, he, you just came to find out why I didn't show up. I thought because I didn't come on Monday and Wednesday and on Friday, you came to beg me. I said, eh? Beg you? Okay. Then I left. The Lord showed me one thing. And after I left, now I have to redirect my attention to God. And say, Papa God, I am sorry. In ministry, you cannot, Daddy, God bless you, Daddy. I thank God for that spirit. We are all beautiful. We are all wonderful. But you cannot put your hope on any man. The ministry belongs to God. And God will run it beautifully or not. If you are given the opportunity to serve in his vineyard, it's a blessing. It's a blessing because an account is being opened on your behalf. This woman did not show up. I have talked to a lot of women who are facing difficulties in their marriage. And the woman will come and say, hey, that man, I trusted him. And the man will come and say, that woman, I trusted him. Who asked you to trust him and who asked you to trust her? The Bible says, love your labor as you love yourself. Love your wife. Love. That is what he commanded. You've not finished loving, now you are going to trust him. to somebody in your house today. You never finish loving. You are elevating yourself automatically to trust him. That is why you face disappointment. Someone once told me the heart to a man, the, the way to a man's heart is through food. Cook him. Hallelujah. True food if the way to his heart for you is through food, that it will come out through his rectum. 
It is only the Lord that can keep your husband for you. It is only the Lord that can keep your wife for you. Put your hope and your trust in him. And he alone, that is how you appropriate his help. When you trust God and believe God, help is released on your behalf. Divine help. And when that kind of help is released, whether people like it or not, they must help you. They will be helping you and you're asking yourself, I don't know why I'm even helping this woman. I don't know why I'm even helping this man. Heaven, back you up when you trust God. There is a position open in your place of work. Maybe somebody just quit. Assistant manager or general manager. Let me say assistant manager. Or let me say, okay, general manager, whatever. And the position is open. You begin to suck into the other person's, but thinking, ha, now that this person has gone, let me now kiss, start kissing somebody's, uh, wherever. <laughs> For me to gain that position. And later the person turn around and bring in another person, and you are disappointed. I work hard. I do this. I thought he's going to put me and now he brought. You are disappointed. Sometimes you want to even quit the job. I love David. David said, I look up to the hills from where my help cometh from. He looked at the brothers and the sisters and said, my brother, I love you. My sister, I love you. But my help does not come from you. He looked at the supervisor and said, my supervisor, I love you. I will work and I will do everything that you want me to do. But my help does not come from you. Help does not come from the north. It does not come from the south. It does not come from the east. Help and promotion comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. My help comes from him. So he's worthy of my trust. He's worthy of my trust. I trust him so much because he died for me. I trust him so much because it is only through his strength I, I can do all things. I trust him so much because he's the author, he's the finisher of my faith. I trust him so much because he was wounded for my transgressions. He was injured and bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my life was upon him. By his strength, I am healed. I trust him so much because he is my healer, he's my comforter, he's my way maker, he's the only God. That can make a way when they're stepping to be no way. He's the only God that can open up doors for me. And when God opens up a door, no man can shut it. No man can shut it. No man can shut it. If you believe that, stand up on your feet with your hand and shout hallelujah. hallelujah. When God says you are healed, nobody can say you are not. Nobody can reverse the decision of God concerning your life. That's your boss. If you want that position, turn around and look unto your father. Because the Bible says the heart of a king is in the Lord's hand. Like a river, he can turn it around. God will turn the heart of your boss to favor you in the name of Jesus. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord.
if we are not careful, we shift our attention from the healer and start focus on, focusing ourselves to the healing. If we are not careful enough, we just take our attention away from the giver and fix it on the things that God has given unto us. And now we'll start waiting. Ah, God used to have, but before when I asked, pray, God, I don't know what is going on. Your attention has shifted. Your trust has been moved. Jeremiah chapter 15, chapter 17, verse 5. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5, I believe. Can you put it up for me? I want you to see this. The day I saw it, I reflect my mind back to the days of our fellowship. This is what the Lord says. Cause are those who put their trust in mere humans. Why? Who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. Now your heart is turned away. I don't care what the medical report says. Don't, I love doctors. Don't get me wrong. I have one for myself. But there are some things they tell me. I scratch it off. Not because I don't see. Not because I'm a denier. But I know what the word of the Lord says. And that word, let me tell you, has never failed. David said, once I was young, now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. I have never seen the righteous beg for their children, beg for bread. He said, I have never seen it. Do you think God is going to start with you? I remember about nine years ago. I'm going to say this and I'll close. If I have more time, I'll continue. Hallelujah. Nine years ago. Actually, when I, was, when I had my son, 16 years ago, I was pregnant. Women can really identify to this testimony. I'm saying this to the glory of God. I was pregnant with my son, about four weeks old. I went to the hospital. And when the doctor examined me, and he said, ah, maybe you are having twins. Because your uterus is kind of bigger than usual. Ah, twins. I look at my husband. Twins, let's go. We have to do an ultrasound. By the time they did the ultrasound, they found out that I had spastics. That testimony is for another sermon. They told me that I had fibroids. How many of you know what fibroids is? There are some inside the womb. There are some outside the womb. The first thing that surprised this doctor was the position of these fibroids. The position of those fibroids Normally, you were not supposed to even have a child. I don't know how it happened. Right there is a miracle. I grabbed that. I had my baby. So because of the position, I could not ha have a delivery, normal delivery. I had a C-section. The second, I had a C-section. And the, the, after the second one, the doctor told me, don't get pregnant again. I see if I'm the one that makes babies. I said, okay. Three years later, I came back. Ah, you are back again. I said, I'm back up. These doctors, let me tell you, sometimes 
The enemy can speak through them to create a huge fear in your life. That if you are not careful and you buy into it, the thought of just hearing that alone can even kill somebody. Ah, the woman told me, just a female doctor, she said for us to do another C-session. When we open up, when we open you up and we'll touch the fibroids, do you know how you're going to be bleeding? He said, no. She went to her faucet in her office that she washed her hand with. She opened it. I said, she said, that is how I'm going to be bleeding. I said, doctor, it is the devil that will bleed like that, not me. <laughs> not me. Because I didn't want to accept it. Because what I accept becomes mine. I don't want to go home with that kind of report. I'm not going home with that. I said it is, and the doctor is an Indian woman. She said, what? I say it is the doctor that we, I mean, it is the devil that we bleed like that, not me. This woman will be giving me some kind of negative report. I will reject it. I will reject it. And she think I was in denial. The night to the C-session, my sisters and my brothers, let me tell you, we serve a God who answered it by fire. The night of the surgery, I didn't want it to get to me, but when it gets to you, fear comes in. Anxiety comes in. Before you know it, the devil will take you to a journey of no return. And I was not ready for that kind of journey. I said, if the word of God is going to fail me, let it fail me now. But I have heard that God is not a man, that he should lie, nor the son of man, that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? And my answer to it, let me tell you, there are situations that will be questioned and answered. Just right there in your living room by yourself. Please be ready to answer them. I said, God, you will do it. I prayed. I said, Father, I need your help. This time, my mother cannot help me. My father cannot help me. Even my husband. At this time that I'm praying, he's sleeping, snoring. I say, is this one that can help me? Father, I need your help. I commit myself into thy hand. Have it your way. Simple prayer. I prayed the next morning. I did not look sad. I got up, took a shower, make up my face, red lipstick. My husband said, eh, where are you going? I said, I'm going to have the baby. We went there. The doctor prepared this. They are running around. Even sometimes the preparation can scare you. I said, ah, what are they preparing now? They were preparing and preparing. And I didn't even care. I said, Father, my help comes from you. My trust is in you. Have it your way. I became, let me tell you, if I sing that song, people will buy it. Oh. That record. Lord, my help comes from you. My hope and my trust is in you. I keep saying it. I keep saying it. The doctor was looking at me. I said, I was crazy. I don't have that much time. Then we went in. Let me tell you, my sisters and my brothers. The kind of peace that I felt in that room, I did not feel it when I was having my first and my second. I could feel angelic angels in that room taking control, taking control. Because when you are having the C-session, there is a cloth they put in front of you. My husband is talking to me. All of a sudden, they brought my baby out. She was screaming. Before I could touch it, they were sewing me up and everything was done. They put the thing down. I say, hey, 
you done? He said, yes. And the doctor could not recollect what he has told me. And by the time she went home and she recollected, she came back to my room that night around 9 o'clock in the evening. I will never forget. And she entered my room and she said, AJ, because my Muslim is Hajarat. For those of you who know my story. He looked at me and he said, your God came true for you. for another day. In closing, I want to encourage the heart of somebody today. I don't know the report that you have gotten. I don't know what you're facing right now. I don't know the situation. I don't know the circumstances. I don't know how it hurts. When somebody says, I know, they are lying. They don't know. But there's one thing that I can tell you. God knows. And because he knows, he has already taken care of it even before it started. You need to just appropriate it and you will see the manifestation of the Lord upon your life. Come on, somebody shout it louder. Hallelujah. Lift up your voice. Give God the glory this morning. Give him the honor. Give him all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name. I don't know what that is going to do. Hallelujah. Are, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, do you believe that this morning? Come on, shout a hallelujah. Is he your divine help? Is he your ever-present help in time of need? You are awesome. You are awesome, Lord. You are awesome, Lord. 